hello out there. Thank you for tuning in. This is Observe and Report. Uh, this is a podcast where you watch things and we tell you how you feel about them. Uh, speaking to you right now is one of your hosts. My name is Jason Simmons, and across from me virtually is Jack Smith. Hello. She is your other host. And yes, uh, as I said before, this is a podcast where we tell you how we feel about the things that we watch. And right now, we have a lot of time to watch a lot of things, and so do you. Uh, so we're going to tell you how we feel about a couple of things that we watched in our quarantine. Hopefully you're out there uh, staying safe, staying inside, and, you know, trying to pass the time as well as you can and watching cool shit that means something to you or exploring new things that you've never seen before or never heard of before. Or, if you're me, pure garbage, but <laughs> nonetheless entertaining. Oh, don't act like I don't watch garbage. Absolutely. Uh, uh, this is a trash show for trash people. Uh, thank you, you garbage person, for listening to this. You garbage pale child, who is now a garbage pale adult, hopefully. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Let's dish out this trash to you, and hopefully you enjoy it. I'm not going to lie, Jason. I'm wearing makeup mm-hmm. today for no good reason. Uh, and I feel like my hair looks better than when I last spoke to you. Um, so I'm like feeling more confident in this episode because we recorded this already, but the everything, all the sound got messed up. So mm-hmm. we're doing it again. I try to be more eloquent this time. Let's see how it goes. I think you're going to do a great job. You did a great job last time. You're going to be even better this time. That's what I think. Thanks, pal. <laughs> Start us off, good sir. All right. Um, as far as things that I watched, um, I went ahead and caught up on 2002's, uh, one of the, the better pictures of that year, I believe it won a bunch of Oscars, uh, Road to Perdition. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starring Tom Hanks, uh, Taylor Hoechlin, uh, Paul Newman, uh, and Jude Law. Father uh, as well as Daniel Craig, a young, skinny Daniel Craig. Oh, that's right. Tom Hanks, Father of America. Yes. America's Paul Newman, uh, salad dressing. Uh, magnate. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Jason. It's delicious, and it's an excuse for me to just dump calories onto a salad and be like, "Listen, I'm helping people with just this like, You're welcome, just- world. Because <laughs> it all goes to charity, which is lovely. That is lovely. Uh, this podcast sponsored by Newman's Own. Mm, uh, delicious. Newman's Own. Delicious. <laughs> Newman's Own. Fucking Valley. We don't need you. <laughs> We found the valley, and we said, fuck that place. Um, I would like to think that just like Jack Black, uh, who just wanted to get into acting to further the career of Tenacious D, his band, I want to think that Paul Newman got into acting to further his uh, his food desires. Uh, his true get, passion, salad dressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making some delicious Arnold Palmer uh, lemonade. Iced tea mixes mm. and salad dressing <laughs> and popcorn. I will stand by this forever and I will say that Orville Redenbacher is by far the most superior popcorn out there. I, I don't doubt you. Thank you. At all. There have I tried many ratio? popcorns? Yes, I have, Jason. <laughs> Some of them are pure bullshit. <laughs> Redenbacher, I'm telling you. It is the most delicious. And they make mini bags, which is perfect. You can just shove the whole thing in your face. And you don't have to share with anybody because you're like, oh, no, this is personal size. So can't share. We'll just make two. Pop secret. The secret's out. You fucking suck. Um, <laughs> I... Another winning tagline. <laughs> your hidden valleys, your pop secrets are right. What are you hiding, okay? Garbage. 
Um, but <laughs> back to Road to Perdition. Right, uh, sorry. A harrowing tale of revenge. A very justified revenge. Um, yeah, basically, Tom Hanks plays a, uh, a, mob, a mob hitman uh, working for Paul Newman. Um, his son, Taylor, Taylor Hawkland, uh, sees him murder a man. Uh, he wonders what his dad does for a living, really looks up to his dad. Actually follows him to, like, you know, sneakily follows him to work uh, and discovers, like, oh, my dad kills people for a living. Uh, Paul Newman, upon hearing this information, uh, uh, seeks to, you know, kill Tom Hanks' entire, fa- entire family because, uh, yeah, no one can know about the work that they do. Uh, Tom Hanks and his eldest son manage to escape, and, yeah, they take six weeks on a path to revenge uh, to avenge their, fa- their fallen family. When I was a kid, I did a, I did multiple like take your daughter to work days, mm-hmm. um, and really all I cared about was my dad taking me out to lunch, even when I was like seven. <laughs> and I totally tattled on a guy because my dad was the head of safety for his company, and I was like, Dad, that guy in the crane, he isn't wearing his safety goggles. <laughs> and he had to go over and talk to the guy and make him put on his safety goggles because I was the worst. <laughs> Child. <laughs> this is a union shop, goddammit. It is. It <laughs> was. <laughs> we were out at the casinos um, in Connecticut. <laughs> but also, I was a little kid. And, like, I was, you know, average size for, like, a, you know, eight-year-old girl. But I, you have to wear, like, certain safety equipment. So I was just this little eight-year-old walking around in, like, a bright orange vest, goggles that didn't fit on my face, and a hard hat that did not fit on my head. <laughs> they don't make those for children because they're not supposed to be on job sites. But this is a fantastic sight to imagine. <laughs> toddling around being like, hey, you, put on your safety goggles. Hey, you, put on your helmet. <laughs> you, trim those sideburns. <laughs> Get that Get it together, hippie. You were just a 1918 draconian boss. I was just a little seven-year-old narc being like, hey, look at this guy. Dad, get up. On a power trip. That? That's a new regional manager. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh. Now let's go to McDonald's, Dad. And then I just tear out of the parking lot. But yes, this movie is basically take your son to work day and mm, work the worst is one. terrible. Yeah. Um, it is fun to see certain people play uh I guess just bad guy roles, like like Jude Law as a villain is always enjoyable. Um Daniel Craig as a wormy, smarmy, uh very ineffectual bad guy is also good to see. Um I have a question about accents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What accents are we doing? Because this is like a period piece. Where is it set? And how are they doing with the accents? It is set in 1920 Chicago. Um, Tom Ooh, Hanks Midwestern. Uh, effortly pulls off a nice Chicago accent. Mm-hmm. Um, Jude Law is, I believe he's just British. He just is kept Jude oh. Law British in this. Uh, he wears a bowler hat. He is an out-of-towner hitman. All right. He takes photographs of his murdered prey. Uh-oh. Um, and because it's the 1920s, it takes forever to set up that camera. It is ridiculous. <laughs> That's <either>. right. <laughs> <laughs> People are starting to decay by the time he gets to like flash the bulb. Aww. Yeah, it's like okay. <laughs> um, but Daniel Craig uh, is speaking with an American accent, which is, uh, I think, a rarity to hear Daniel Craig speak. And I feel like that never happens. Um, I think the only time I ever heard him outside of this was like, jeez, uh, uh, SNL when he hosted like uh, <laughs> a few Knives, weeks ago. Knives Out, he did the uh, Southern accent. Hey, true, true. That is an American accent. Right, you're right. It's a very specific one. You're right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, 
Was he an American in Tomb Raider? Ooh, I don't think. Also, that's a waste of a Daniel Craig to have him uh, be an American in Tomb Raider. I mean, if Laura, I mean, if <laughs> yes, but he was beautiful in that movie. And what a little, what a little cherry on top that I didn't expect when I watched that movie. Because yeah, did I go there for the tomb raiding, the history, the education, and Angelina Jolie? Yes, I did, Jason. Did it come <laughs> with a freed, skinny Daniel Craig looking good in a shower? Yes, it also did. And, I was like, and then. Followed up by Tomb Raider 2 with Jerry B. The Cradle of Life itself. Um, I, it's a perfect series, Jason. It's a perfect <laughs> series. <laughs> and yeah, they remade the series and the games. Uh, Alicia Vikander is now Laura Croft. That's right. I saw that movie. I think it was fine. It's fine. It's not bad. Like no. I'm surprised it did an adaptation of the new series of games with that mm. one. It's like, oh. Okay, sure, yeah, so I, I don't mind this being here at all. This is just fine. Hmm. Um, it is a better video game adaptation than most things that are video game adaptations. True, totally. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fine. It's out there. It is a very close representation of what the game is. There's somewhere... I can't remember who the guy is in that movie. There's a main uh, guy. Uh, there's a main guy, olive-skinned, I don't know. Ooh, ooh, you really piqued my interest with that. Yeah. <laughs> Jason. Olive-skinned, dark hair, he's uh, ooh, Oscar oh. Isaac adjacent, I believe. <gasps> Jason, this is very important. <laughs> Tomb Raider, I'm Googling as fast as I can. Um, oh, oh, Dominic West. But... Walton Goggins is in it. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's Walton Goggins and Dominic West, but like, eh, I mean, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but like, that's not really what I was going there for. There are no Jerry B or DC, you know? Uh, true, true, true. Um, speaking of handsome men, mm -hmm. um, I was always speaking of, we all enjoy those. I never stop, Jason. <laughs> um, I watched Narcos mm -hmm. um, with multiple handsome men, uh, Pedro Pascal, uh, the, oh God, I still don't know his name because I don't care. Cause he's just, <laughs> I just want to look at him. He's just a blonde guy. Br not Brooke. Boyd Holbrook. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, I know that name. I don't know the yeah, face, yeah, yeah. but I know that name. He's good looking blonde guy number 561 mm -hmm. you know he's fine right off the production line mm -hmm. I prefer him in um, the skeleton twins where he has a cooler haircut he's got oh, some right. tattoos Australian dive master Australian dive master is apparently my type because <laughs> he's American I don't know why they made him Australian there's like literally no need except unless some like genius casting director lady because i'm assuming it was a lady was like mm, can you do an australian accent because that's totally what i would ask someone to do if i was a casting director <laughs> and for some reason all these american movies would have british and australian men in them mm -hmm. um but he's in it uh as a dea agent uh, with he's partnered up with pedro pascal and they're going after uh, Pablo Escobar, uh, played by Wagner Mora, who, when he isn't um, got a fat dad bod going on, he's also very handsome. And let me tell you something, Jason. I'm I can go beyond skin deep. 
because I can see the handsome man underneath <laughs> that beer belly, and it's very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see him in a new movie that he's in, um, Sergio, where he's looking real good. So not the movie's those, called Sergio. There's a new movie on Netflix called Sergio. Yes, where he plays like a I think famous like UN diplomat guy. Okay, cool. I think it might have been closer to like the 80s or 90s so probably like when we were kids so i don't remember him but i'm excited um mostly just because he's handsome um but narcos is good it's um not it takes a little bit to get into it i had tried starting it in the past mm-hmm. um and i was like uh, but then i fell in love with pedro pascal so now i have like a whole new appreciation for it okay. uh, especially because i'm not a huge fan of um um voiceover and in order because they span such a long amount of time i think it's like i want to say like 10 years or like a really long amount of time over the first two seasons um they kind of it really does need that um voiceover just to kind of fill in the blanks of things mm-hmm. um but it's really well done it's really enjoyable i also like that it's a little bit weird because they start off speaking Spanish, which is great, but then sometimes they go to English, and I'm not quite sure why. I, I was curious about that. I was going to ask, like, you know, how much of it is Spanish language uh, when we're with like uh, Pablo Escobar, and then yeah. I guess sort of like switching back to just like English language when we're with the the DEA agents, FBI agents. But like, I, I'm I'm guessing, like you said, they do some weird interspersing, sort of. Yeah. So everything with Pablo Escobar is in Spanish, um, and then it's. Um, obviously whenever the Americans there, cause he doesn't, cause it's based on real people. Like he didn't, how he didn't learn Spanish after living in Colombia for like several years is beyond me, but whatever. Um, so it's often, if it's Pedro Pascal, he'll often be speaking Spanish, but then obviously has to speak English to, um, Boyd Holbrook's character. So, mm-hmm. um, they kind of go back and forth, but it was mostly, um, it was mostly Spanish to begin with, but now they're going a little bit more into English. It goes back and forth, but as long as you don't mind reading subtitles, which I think most people are fine with, um, it's totally fine. And I feel like I can pick up a word here or there, so I feel like I'm learning a little bit, for which is great. <laughs> I marry Pedro Pascal. Of course. Again, I will be happy there uh, at that wedding. Uh, I'm happy to uh, throw some flowers Perfect. or, you know, sing uh, at the reception. Happy to do Perfect. that. Perfect. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess, uh, and like I said, I think I said before, like, you know, um, that I never really got into Narco so much. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a very popular show. I know that it has like, not a spinoff, but like kind of a sequel series going on right now yeah, on Netflix. The third series is uh, in Mexico. Um, and I know a lot of people like it. I just never really got into it. Um, I don't know. It just never. There's never a huge appeal to me uh, for that show. Mm. But I, if I've got time. Uh, might as well <laughs> dip a toe into it. Honestly, if it weren't for the very attractive men, I would not be as into it. <laughs> I would <laughs> never have watched it. There's a hook for everybody. Some people yes. there for the attractive men. Some people there for the the vice. Plot, there for the character, drug. whatever. <laughs> Get out of here. Story. I need handsome men telling it. <laughs> That are slightly sweating all the time. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I love a, I love an Aragorn. I'm used to the like weird wet hair. <laughs> no matter what, totally cool with it. 
<laughs> Aragorn does have greasy hair. He has wrestling it, hair. I don't think it's greasy, Jason. <laughs> I think it's sweaty and wet from um, protecting the ranging people. Yes, from avenging Fair. and whatnot. <laughs> Fair, fair. Um, I'll talk about... Uh, oh, um, I watched some isolation movies. Movies that were all about isolation while I'm in isolation. Hmm. Um, I watched Room um, with oh. Alison Brie and... Uh, nope. Jacob Tremblay. Nope. Um, nope. Room is not Alison Brie. It's uh, Brie Larson. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Brie Larson. Jesus Christ. So I always close. get those names. Uh, yeah, Brie Larson and uh, Jacob Tremblay. Pretty and sure she just rearranged the letters. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um, I was thinking of another movie uh, that I'll bring up later on. Oh, but uh, yeah, Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay. Uh, set in basically the situation is a woman kidnapped at like age seventeen uh, and kept in isolation for five years, who gives birth to a son, uh, and their you know life and existence in this place i don't want to say too much to give it away hmm. but i bring it up because i really like this movie i feel like no one's ever heard of it oh <laughs> i think it her winning an oscar up for it whenever i bring it up to anyone they're like what movie really oh, he was like they're always like oh yeah 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 captain marvel that was her first ever movie like no <laughs> she's done so much <laughs> like she's been in so many things she's oh. won an oscar for this movie yeah. whenever i bring it up People are just like, what? Like a blank stare just comes across her face. Like, I mean, yeah. I can see that. I think a lot of people our age did not see that movie. I think a lot of like older people saw it just because it was a book and all people read the book. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I I can kind of see that. I saw it and I enjoyed it. Uh, Yeah, it's really good. It's really harrowing. Like, Mm. I. It's like it's tough enough to be a young parent, but like imagine being a young parent in captivity. Yeah. Like. It is not a pretty scene. It's just very difficult to like, try to relate the world to someone who's never experienced it before. And stuck with a small child in like mm-hmm. a 10 by 8 foot, essentially like a cell. Good yeah. God. Especially and for cannot cell. get away from each other. Holy shit. Nope. And then to be like sexually assaulted whenever, yep. at any time, and you don't know when. Terrible. Like, it's a terrible existence. Yeah. But um, it is a very good movie. A very like... You understand, like, why people want Oscars for it. Like, it's oh, very yeah. much, you know, of that ilk. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, no, these are, like, good performances. And, like, it is a unique story, I mm-hmm. think. Um, at least it's in, in its presentation. But, um, but yeah, I really like it. Um, I keep forgetting that, like, you know, Jacob Tremblay was in that movie. And, like, he's in things like Good Boys now, which feels like such a departure. I know. Uh, <laughs> little baby boys growing up. But, like, yeah, he was, he's only, like, 11. <laughs> oh, my God. Like he hasn't lived much life, <laughs> but um, but no, I I really enjoyed. It. It's on Netflix. It is there right now. I I bring it up to just recommend it to people out there. It's good, and Brie Larson has done more than just Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, it. I would argue that Captain Marvel's like the only thing not, and I don't think it's her fault. Like probably the worst thing that she's done. She's done a lot of really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Captain Marvel's bad. It's just right. Like, you it's know, in terms of like her acting abilities, like it does not explore like what she's really capable of because it's a superhero movie and that's totally yeah. fine. But um, oh shoot, she did a small indie movie about where she works at a um, like a home for um, like youths with like oh, a short turn twelve. 
Yes, thank you. My God, I could not remember. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And there's was um was the Keith Stanfield in that? I believe he was. Yeah, yeah, he was really great in that too. I enjoyed that little movie. I feel people remember that way more than they remember. (laughs) I mean, room is way more conversation. (laughs) Room is pretty dark, so Mm -hmm. I can imagine a lot of people not like rushing out to the theater to go see it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Understandable. But yeah, Short Term Twelve definitely check that movie out too. It was great. Uh, what else have you been watching? I oops, I watched um, Killing Them Softly, mm-hmm. which is which has one of the best movie posters out there, um, followed by a forgettable film. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, everyone in it is great. Um, you got your Brad's Pitts, your guy mm-hmm. Scoot McNary who wins the prize for best name, yep. hands down. Ray Liotta, James Gandolfini, Ben Mendelsohn, Richard Jenkins, like a lot of, a lot of legit dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like um, you're just getting plunked down in the middle of a movie and you've missed stuff at the beginning and you've missed like the end. Because it builds up, I mm-hmm. guess, very, very slowly. And this this thing happens, and you're like, okay. And, like, I mean, it's an interesting ending, I guess. But you feel like there's still something more. Um, and so it was just kind of, um, it was a little frustrating because I, I wanted more. I wanted more story. I wanted the characters more. Um, but you just don't get as much. Um, the movie is about uh, Scoot McNary. Um, he, there are these um, uh, illegal poker games going on, and so he and another dum-dum, um, they rob Ray Liotta at one of these, um, and a bunch of other gentlemen. Gentlemen? No. They're a bunch of crooks. It's fine. That uh, just at- feels like a bad idea to rob Ray Liotta. It just feels like nothing in life comes out of that in a good way. Well, here's, I mean, true. He's terrifying. But, <laughs> but because in the past, this isn't really spoiling anything. They talk about it almost immediately. Um, Ray Liotta's character had, he was running these illegal poker games, and then he pretended to have been robbed. So he like robbed all these guys. Mm-hmm. And then people eventually found out, but they kind of were like, we're okay with it. Um so then these guys are like, this will be the perfect crime. We'll rob him and people will think that Ray Liotta did it. And he's trying to like pull the wool over people's eyes again and they'll just blame him and we'll get away with it. Mm. And then things maybe don't go to plan. I mean, that sounds like a very interesting premise for a movie, but it just yep. sucks that like it doesn't really come together. Like on paper, no. the people that you have, like it just does not equal the sum of its parts. Exactly. Um, Brad Pitt looks, Pitt looks real good. Um, he's got the cool slick back, uh, John Hamm baby driver hair. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the best goddamn haircut in that movie. Oh I gotta say. Really? <laughs> oh, you, it does not take any convincing for me to agree with you. He looked real good. Again, he's the only reason I watched that movie. Um, so if you want to watch Brad Pit just kind of smolder and look good and walk around with a gun, this is the movie for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
James Gandolfini's character is just kind of a waste. Like, I don't really know why he was there. There's this big kind of metaphor going on in the background. Or, like, there's the 2008, 2008 uh, like economic crisis. They keep on interspersing clips and stuff of that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think they think they're really saying something, but I personally don't feel like they are. So... It's just, there's a lot of elements there, but it doesn't quite come together, which is a shame because, again, that movie poster, man. I'd love to buy that movie poster, put it on my wall, and just stare at Handsome Brad with a gun, but I can't because it turns out it's not a good movie. <laughs> and that's really disappointing. Like, I buy posters just for the sake of the posters. I have no emotional connection to the movie at all. <laughs> really? No, no, I'm just oh. saying that's how you would have to explain this in buying this poster. <laughs> Underneath, I would put it on my wall and just have a little plaque like a museum. But instead of saying anything helpful about it, I just think, okay, so this movie isn't actually great. And I have a very long list of like, James Gandolfini is wasted. There's something about the election, blah, blah, blah. But like, look how, look at this beautiful work of art, also known as Brad Pitt's face. <laughs> a museum of meaningless art. This means nothing to me other than just the quality of the image. <laughs> Jason, if we were to, I could open, I could open a museum of handsome men. <laughs> Let me tell you, it'd be so shallow, but ooh, what a feast for the eyes. Like, I care nothing about this human being. He could die on fire tomorrow, but... No, because he's beautiful. <laughs> he must be just preserved. <laughs> Forever. <Yeah. laughs> what um, else you got? In continuing the isolation theme, I watched uh, Misery mm. um, f- uh, from 1990. I keep forgetting that it's from oh, the 1990s film. With Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates oh. uh, and James Caan. And it mm. is fantastic. I've, I Again, this is a movie I watched a lot as a kid. Uh, what? <laughs> it was on TV Jason, all the time. What was your childhood? <laughs> Jason! This was on, like, basic, like, over-the-air antenna television. Like, it was an event when to this was To be fair, <laughs> I have seen it on TV multiple times on, like, mm-hmm. TNT and stuff, I feel like, over the past couple years for whatever reason. It's, like, there at, like, reasonable times. Like, three in the afternoon, you could watch Misery as an eight-year-old if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of you being like, oof, hope, hope it's a Misery afternoon today. <laughs> the <Daily> channels. <laughs> Where's my uh, girl Kathy at? <laughs> she is. Uh, it's it is great watching this movie. It's like seeing a young Kathy Bates and seeing like a young James Caan. Uh, mm. It's just like she's. You feel pity for her as you watch the film. Like you know, of course, mm. the story being that James Caan is a uh, famous romance novelist uh, who you know goes to the woods to write his books. Uh, it's the middle of winter. He's driving his uh, his car uh, with like his finished manuscript going to like his publisher. His car skids off the road. Kathy Bates saves him and nurses him, back, nurses him back to health. But we find out that she is an obsessed fan of like his book series and will do anything to have the book turn out the way that she wants it to um, and proceeds in the psychological and physical torture of James Caan over the course of weeks. So her obsession is not with him, it's with the books. Yeah, she could give a crap about him as a person, like, oh, really. Oh, you know, for the uh, up until now, I had assumed she was obsessed with him and not ex- obsessed with his writing. No, it's not like she has like she doesn't really care about him per se, but as much so as she's like, the opposite what he produces. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about your movies, Brad Pitt. Just keep looking handsome. <laughs> for her, it's the opposite. 
it's like Pitt, you gotta keep making movies, alright? You gotta get out there, okay? And like she's very concerned with that. Get um, that ugly face out of here. Make a movie. <laughs> like she's very interested in what Plan B is producing and what the next project is. <laughs> like so is Twelve Years of Slave Part Two coming out? When is it coming out, Brad? <laughs> so yeah, like her obsessions with the not the person and like just seeing these two characters like go head to head, like battle it out in like mm. a game of wits, and it's really fun to watch from like two very good actors. I feel this is like Kathy Bates's uh, like breakout role, mm. and like I think that like just you know signed her, signed her onto like everyone forever. It's like mm. she's amazing in it, um, and she is really good. I just really enjoy this movie. It is it is a small film. You're mainly looking at two characters the entire time, and like mm-hmm. them spending time around each other, and yeah, it, if you want to just see, like, a tour de force of acting, if you want to see, like, it, this is something that can be ver- very well done as a play. It has been done as a play before. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but, yeah, it is just tense, good acting, and you are rooting for James Conn the entire time. Like, while Kathy Bates is very good, it's just like, Jesus Christ, you need to get out of there. <laughs> I have, even though I like both those actors and I think I would really enjoy the movie, I haven't watched it because doesn't she break his legs? Oh, yes, it is perhaps one of the most gruesome uh, scenes of anything. You could never watch this movie. Yeah. Um, or you, if you did, you'd have to, like, mute it and walk away and make yourself a sandwich and then come back <laughs> while this hobbling scene is happening. That's what she hobbles him. Uh, <laughs> um, and it is so gruesome and so nasty, and it's just so yeah, no. good because it is so nasty. Oh, God. Torture is a genuine fear of mine. So maybe I'll just, oh, God. Okay. Maybe I could just, like, fast-forward it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd have to fast-forward it and have someone visually... Well, oh, describe it, what happens to you via sound. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But, just... yeah, misery. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um, watched... Let's see. What else do I got? What else do I got? Um, I watched a Self-Made... Um, which, I mean, we already talked about <laughs> that you <laughs> feel pressure to have to watch it. Um, I didn't, mm-hmm. and I watched it, um, mostly because I, backstory. Sorry, I know you've already been through this with me, Jason. Sorry. Let's okay. Travel back in I'm time here. to me being like, huh, my scalp's itchy. <laughs> what do I do about this situation? <laughs> I put stuff in my hair. This is becoming a problem. What do I do? Then I Google, and I'm like, oh, there's stuff that you can use to make your scalp not itchy, and you just rub it on your head. Great. I walk into Sephora. I find it. It's called something something made by Madam C.J. Walker. Great. Love this bottle. It's really cute. Walk out of the store, go home, use that stuff. Magic. My scalp's all better. Cut to me talking to my sister-in-law being like, hey, your scalp's itchy? Guess what? Guess who has two thumbs and a miracle cure for her? This lady. So I tell her about it. She uses it. Then I'm in the kitchen at work, and I'm telling this white girl, hey, do you, oh, also my sister-in-law's Asian. Then I'm in the kitchen at work, <laughs> telling I'm Asian, my sister-in-law's Asian, telling the white girl at work, hey, Oh, your scalpage is too? Guess what? I got this thing that you can use and it's great. Then, one day, I just decide to Google 
Madam C.J. Walker. I can't remember why. And then I was like, oh, turns out this is by a black lady for black lady hair. I'm Asian. <laughs> and I just told a bunch of people about it. But it's fine because it still works. And that's all that matters. I don't think anyone in the world would ever be upset for you for using it and spreading the good word of these products. No, it, it's like magic because my scalp was so itchy. And it, um, it, it works. She makes a good product that can be used by multiple kinds of hair. Listen, <laughs> we all have scalps. So it Yes! That, <laughs> I wish that was a marketing campaign. <laughs> Everybody's got a scalp, right? You know, okay, so we've gotten past that point. Let's move on to the next one. It gets dry, doesn't it? So voice that son of a bitch up. <laughs> um, so then I got really excited and texted uh, my uh, sister-in-law when I was like, guess what? Because she texted me and was like, that stuff worked. This is so great. Yay. Thank you. And I was like, yay, no problem. And then I texted her and be like, guess what? There's going to be a Netflix series about it. And we both got very excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and Octavia Spencer is in it as uh, Madam C.J. Walker herself. Um, Tiffany Haddish is in it, who plays her daughter. As we established, there's like, not that much age no, difference. There. Not at all. I don't Absolute know. Absolute contemporary. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why they had her mm -hmm. be that, but whatever. Especially because I feel like they didn't advertise it much at all. Let alone the fact that Tiffany Haddish is even in it, and they also really missed out on advertising that Blair Underwood is looking is in it, looking real good, Jason. Somewhere. Real good. Somewhere there is an oil painting of Blair Underwood that is 145 years old, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he will never age. He will always look as handsome as he did in 1989. There's but, a like, second painting. There's a second painting in my museum of handsome that's just perfect, and it's of him, <laughs> him 20 years ago, him 10 years ago, and him now. <laughs> Welcome to the Blair Wing. <laughs> <laughs> um. And God bless whoever made this. They got him in a couple scenes with his shirt off. And if you're wondering what that situation is, it's positive, Jason. It's I feel like he campaigned beautiful. for that. I feel like he was the one who said, like, no, no, no. They, they need to know what I'm working with here. Okay? <laughs> feel no one's seen it in a long time. And they, I, I need them to know that I'm still great. He stormed into the director's office and was like, listen, he look at this. shirtless. Yes. <laughs> I like to think either he just went in shirtless or just ripped the buttons off of a shirt. <laughs> that was the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that was and his, like, his wife or whoever was probably like, Blair, that was a really expensive shirt. I got that for you for your birthday. He was just like, it's worth it. <laughs> and let me tell you something. It was because he looks so good. He and Brad Pitt together are just like defying age. I don't understand it. Pitt and Underwood oh. sound like uh, magicians or perhaps uh, bounty hunters <laughs> <laughs> like that is what their firm does magic bounty hunting Pit and Underwood we hunt monsters and we don't wear shirts I mean I'd love oh, I'd love a show about two shirtless bounty hunters who look real good Jason hunting Let monsters me tell you. I love <laughs> monsters Jason this is my perfect show <laughs> What if maybe they can be on the next season of The Witcher? Maybe. Maybe entirely they could be. Oh, I'll, God. I would absolutely see Blair Underwood in The Witcher for the following right? season. That's <sighs> certainly possible. They could team up. <laughs> so great. Um, 
anywho, it's, uh, I think it's three or three or four episodes, maybe four. Um, it's, and a, it's, it's a miniseries, right? Like yes. no second season will be coming of this. Correct. Okay. Um, um, it's very good. It tells uh, her story basically from um, when she um, kind of first started her business um, to uh, when she was able to make a lot of money. Um, and it's really interesting and it provides um, kind of a short history of um, and like education about like black women's hair in particular mm-hmm. um, and what it like how much is needed for upkeep and how there is such like a dearth in the marketplace for these types of products. Um, right. And it goes up to, I think it's like the, I want to say the twenties, I think, because there was like some cool flapper clothes uh, close <laughs> to the end. I love a flapper outfit. Um, so Tiffany Hash was really fun in it. Um, and I think, I don't, I, I'm assuming it um, is, it, it is factually accurate in that I think um, Tiffany Haddish's character um, was lesbian, which back in those times was like super rare and certainly people were not out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really interesting and something I didn't know. Um, So yeah, it was enjoyable. I haven't finished it yet. I think I have like half an hour left. Um, I binged it all like one night and had to make myself go to bed. Um, But yeah, I would recommend it. It's, It's good. I think it's kind of great that um, that she is also uh, Madam Teacher Walker is also like a tycoon of the time, like in oh, the nineteen twenties. Yeah. Like she mm-hmm. is running, like you know, the only black, only black, only black female owned, like mm-hmm. you know, hair product business of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, I think it's very cool that Octavia Butler, uh, excuse me, uh, that she Spencer. got behind Spencer. Excuse me, thinking of the science fiction writer uh, Octavia Spencer. Uh, got behind this as well, and mm. she's like, you know, executive producer on it, and like spearheaded this project into life. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, like her, her ascension in like Hollywood. I think that's really cool that she's able to like foster these projects into existence and like get these things made. Does she have her own production company? I don't know if she has her own production company, but I know that she is like furthering her expertise and ability as a producer on projects. Nice. I forget what else she did last year, but there's something else where I was like, oh, cool, her, her name's on this. Nice. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, she was really great in it. I liked her a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed her performance in it. So, yeah, okay. I'd recommend it. Um, another Netflix joint that I watched, um, The Platform. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, the thriller currently on Netflix um, just recently released a few weeks ago. Um, again, the premise of this is a maybe it's a dystopian future, maybe it's a dystopian present. Um, a Spanish language film, a man, uh, there's a prison that exists, many, many levels, two people on each level. Uh, the whole premise of it is that uh, food starts at the top, a full banquet meal, gorgeous bread, but as it goes down, food is picked away by each person on each level mm. so that by the time it gets to the bottom there's almost nothing if nothing at all remaining for the people below um it is supposed to be like a you know a look at stratification at society at you know the has and the have nots uh the effects of capitalism and all that it is very very interesting um 
yeah, it's also very gross and very creepy. Mm. Uh, a lot of murders happen. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of uh, gross eating. Um, the yeah, the the entire feel of the film is very much one of like, I hope I never ever have to go through this. One, hope I never have to go to prison. Two, hope I never I mean, go yeah. to, to crazy future prison. Where food <laughs> is not at all allowed uh, for everybody. Um, yeah, I I really liked it a lot. I very much enjoyed it. Um, I really do recommend it. It is oh, okay. good. Um, and oh, go ahead. Sorry. Question: mm-hmm. What kind of food are we talking here? We're talking every kind of food, from escargot like, oh. to uh, you know roast chicken to. Uh, you know, delicious puddings. Uh, it is like every. We, are we seeing like burritos on there? Are um, we seeing you, like. So for every seafood? prisoner that is there, you're seeing mm-hmm. seafood. You're seeing burritos. So every prisoner that is there, they ask. They them have what burritos. Yeah, I mean, for <gasps> every prisoner in there, they ask them what their favorite food is, <gasps> and That's they put it mean in the banquet. So every month, uh, the prisoners are randomly switched around. So one month, you may be on level five, and like you know, you get to eat almost anything you want to. The next month, you may be on level 292, and you get nothing. <laughs> um, so it is interesting as far Wait, as... Wait, there are that many levels? 292? In the film, they assume there's like, oh, there's like 250. It's like the estimation what? that they make in the math, but really, there's 333 levels. What? Yeah. I thought there were like eight. <laughs> no. Oh, it. shit. <laughs> and two oh, people shit. on each level. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it becomes really uh, gross and interesting. And the, the main character, he tries to overthrow the system and mm. tries to make it work for everyone mm. or tries to show, like, prove a point to the people that are doing it. The people that are creating this people that are in the prison are all there voluntarily no one's mm. being sent there because like you know that's what that could happen like uh for one instance one man had the opportunity it's like hey we're gonna either send you to a psychiatric facility or you can choose to partake in this experiment and he's like i'll take the experiment oh it's an experiment yeah or so- this this man enters because he wants uh, an accredited degree after six months of staying in there so what? it's like you get your degree if you just spend six months in this hellhole. No. Yeah. Or a no. woman decides to go in there because she has cancer. She's like, well, I'm going to die anyway. What? I might as well try to like help the people out in here if I can. Because she like helped to like administer the experiment. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think I'd be okay. Here's why. I okay. eat disgusting food. <laughs> so when they're like, hey, what do you want? I'm going to be like, give me eight bologna sandwiches. And you know what? No one likes bologna. You know who likes bologna sandwiches? Me, Jason. I like bologna sandwiches. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to touch those bologna sandwiches. I will make it. I think you got to dream grosser because those will be gone <laughs> by the time they get to you. I, I hope Jason, they would not be. not a problem. I'm a monster. <laughs> Guess who's going to come out with eight degrees by the end of this day? <laughs> I'm going to be a dentist, a vet, a freaking librarian, a doctor. I'm going to have all of them. 
Like, ma'am, you don't have to go back into this. Like, no, no I, I do. I don't want this. I'm just like 50 pounds <laughs> here somehow. <laughs> like, this is this okay. is my dream. <laughs> I'll flip it. Yes. <laughs> um, what else have I watched? Oh, um, I watched um, Waco on mm-hmm. the Netflix with Michael Shannon, Taylor Kitsch. Brown-haired guy, number 849. Again, um, as I've said before, he can be their savior or he can be their damnation. <laughs> in this one, he's doing okay, Jason. Okay. He's, I believe in him. I believe in him so hard. I've not seen him in many things, but I think this is the best I've seen him. Um, there's Shay Wigaman is, is in here. Uh, help me out with the girl from Ozark. What's her name? Oh, God. Uh, I forget right now. I'd have to look it up for you. She looks like she, a little blonde pixie elf. She's adorable. Yes. Very curly hair. Yes. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. Jessica? It's not Jessica. I know it's not Jessica. That's a lie. Um, John Leguizamo's in it. Johnny Legs. Always a mark of quality <laughs> for me. I will watch anything that man is in. Um, so, Michael Shannon um, plays an FBI negotiator. Taylor Kitsch plays David Koresh, um, and John Leguizamo, uh, he plays an ATF guy um, who kind of goes undercover. Um, so it switches between uh, Taylor, the uh, compound or commune uh, with David Koresh and all his people. Oh, and the girl from Ozark is one of David Crush's um, many wives, many wives. And Shay Wiggum is also uh, an ATF. Agent. Julia Garner. There you go. You were close with Jessica or whatever you said. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, so it switches between David Crush and his people and the Branch Davidians and um, Michael Shannon and Shay Wiggum um, trying to get these guys out of there. Mm-hmm. And, Michael Shannon and Shay Wiggum are at odds. And it kind of shows the politics leading up to that situation a little bit and um, why certain things happened. Um, there's a lot of controversy over um, kind of how the government handled it. And they said that it was a suicide um, on the part of the Branch Davidians who died. But really it seems pretty obvious that uh, the government fucked up to zero people's surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, um, they basically just killed a bunch of people. Um, but it's really interesting. It gets a little slow in the middle. I think they could have, I think it was six episodes. It probably could have been maybe four or five. Um, and I think Michael Shannon's character was actually the most interesting person there. Um, I personally found him more interesting than like David Crash, but that might just be owed to Michael Shannon, and I think he's a phenomenal actor. I love to see him in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might just have been his performance. Um, but uh, it was interesting. It was enjoyable, um, if not devastating. Um, but I, in the whoever made it, definitely had, I think, an opinion as to what happened. Um, it's not such a balanced picture of like what happened there you would say yeah i mean i think there's 
even though the Branch Davidians were clearly uh, kind of a bunch of lost souls, I think it does humanize them, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, but I think it glosses over a little bit. Um, you could make an argument for it glossing over kind of uh, the fact that David Crush was a disgusting pedophile. Um, they humanize him quite a bit, um, but also that's not necessarily something that you want to delve into. It's something that's known, so maybe they just wanted to focus on something else. Um, so I'm not sure, but I enjoyed it, um, and I would recommend it if you're interested in kind of culty type things, even though it doesn't, it's really not kind of a, I feel like it doesn't really delve into cultiness as much as one would expect um, <laughs> for a show called Waco, um, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, as, as far as uh, what happened there and yeah. the, the depiction of it in the show. Mm-hmm. Do you and when you say that like, it has something to say, like you know they they want to get across a point, is the point more so that you know it there were faults on both sides more so than it was like oh well it was all the branch Davidians' fault or like oh it was all the FBI's fault? It's like there were errors on both ends how the situation was treated. There were certainly errors on both ends, and it's kind of I think uh, the main focus is the ego of men. To be honest with you, it's just the ego of David Koresh. Um, especially because he could have gotten a lot of his people out of there, but mm -hmm. he didn't. Um, and the ego of the men going into this, um, particularly Shay Wiggum's character, the, um, he kind of fucks up before this. And so to try to like prove his point, um, it just kind of shows how egos and power do not mix. Okay. Um, Cause you have two opposing forces who definitely both think they're right and they just go together and they are so unwilling to back down because of their egos mm -hmm. that everyone else around them just uh, ends up really kind of suffering the most. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it's definitely something I wanted to check out. Like it mm -hmm. has a lot of people that I like in it and uh, you know, it's an incident that, happened when we were kids and like i yeah. feel like i don't know that much about it insofar as like how it was presented in the media totally so i think this is something that would be pretty interesting to watch now i think mm. for someone who did like you know really remember it as it was mm. occurring and for someone that like like me who like i kind of remember that happening so i would like to check it out sure. yeah we were little when it happened i remember hearing about it on the news but i don't actually remember it i think if you live through it and you remember it relatively well it won't be that interesting maybe mm -hmm. Um, but I went into it pretty blind, um, so it was very interesting to me. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of Shea Wiggum, um, mm. one thing that I watched I really enjoyed was this movie called Low Tide. Um, yeah, it is currently available on Amazon Prime uh, for free. It was you know, produced by uh, DirecTV, of all people, which is like, <laughs> uh, the weirdest thing to me. Um, but yeah, it is essentially the story of, uh, a group of, like, child, uh, burglars <laughs> <laughs> in New Jersey, uh, on the Jersey Shore, and 
basically how over the course of a summer their bonds of friendship are tested, strained, and broken mm. by uh, finding essentially lost treasure on a beach. Um, it is a crossing Goonies and a simple plan, uh, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Totally. Uh, um, it is. It's. It sounds like oh, this is very child oriented. It. It's an adult story involving teenagers. I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, it's not particularly graphic, and I would say, but um, it's like oh, like I'm. It's very tense. These are very good actors portraying these roles. Um, Jaden Martell from it. Um, Keon Johnson, who was in uh, Lead a Battle Angel. Uh, he's not good in Lead a Battle Angel, but he's very good in this. <laughs> um, nice. And yeah, like. It's it's just tense, well acted, uh, and it's a good crime story. Like I just mm. feel like it's a very tight crime story. It's like wow, you guys really pulled it off. You pulled it off with, like a, not a huge budget. Like it feels like you guys shot this over like three weekends uh, on the Jersey Shore, and like it really turned out very well. Um, couple of questions for you. So these are like 12, 13 year old kids. No, I would say kids? ages fourteen to like eighteen. Okay, so like teens, all right. Yeah, like high schoolers. Gotcha. I was picturing like eight-year-old burglars. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> just little kids in trench coats stacked on each other, just like going into houses. No, um, like the mischief they're doing, they could definitely get arrested for and do okay. good, good time for. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and how old? Um, uh, how many are there? Only four. And um, are they all boys. All boys. Um, of course, it is. Girls are inside studying, being good. Um, they're on vacation too. They're not committing crimes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, two of them are brothers. Uh, one of them is an obvious snitch. It's like you do not trust this kid. <laughs> and one is for sure a psychopath. It's like, oh yeah, you are going to have real problems growing up as you get older. <laughs> um, and Shane Wiggum kind of like sets them all against each other. Like he just like in a very simple way and oh, just like no. But he's not being mean about it. You absolutely see where he's coming from. He's, like, trying to, like, help them out in a way. It's like, look, you guys have been stealing shit from houses all over this beach all summer. I know this. You know this. We both know that we know this. And (laughs) he's just kind of, like, playing them against each other to, like, get them to stop and also at the same time, like, get the most dangerous one of them. Like, the psychopath one. It's like, he's Mm. the one that's fucking all of you kids up. I want him. <laughs> like, I take him out of the equation. This whole thing falls apart, and people can like live their lives. Is he? Is Shea Wiggum like a cop or something? He's a cop. He's a cop okay. in the town, and he's like seemingly the only cop in this town. Shea Wiggum always has to be some kind of man in uniform. <laughs> he is an authoritative man, even though I feel like he's not that big. But something about him I find very intimidating. But like, he gives like a his one of the lines he has that like, gives a great description of like you know how he spent his youth into like his adulthood. Mm. He was like, you know, my teen like I was just like you, my teen years causing mischief. My twenties I spent high and drunk, and because like, what about your thirties? The hangover, like, <laughs> <laughs> and only now do I feel like I'm a responsible contributing member of society in my forties. So how about you skip all that and just get on the right road? It's like a very tight like fatherly cop ass speech that he gives, and it's Aww. just. It's good. Like you, you feel for everyone in the movie, mm. and you can't wait to see what happens next. I was picturing him before I realized he was a cop as like a real Fagin type of guy, being like, "Guys, <laughs> go out and get this house." <laughs> no, that that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Like he's like leading these band of misfits, yeah. into like crimes. No, that's totally fair. I can see that. <laughs> but no, you had to be a man in uniform. <laughs> um, uh, when did it come out? 
Oh, it came out last year. Oh, like, shit. 2019. Like, it was, like, the same year as, like, It too. It was like, oh, shit, look at uh, this guy, uh, Jake Martell. Or... Yeah, that kid was working a lot between that and Knives Out, right? Yeah, Knives Out, That's, this, like... Oof, he's a, he's a busy little boy. Real busy summer. <laughs> and a huge growth spurt between, like, this, uh, It too and uh, Knives Out. He was, like, five inches taller. Oh, that's very sweet. Oh, <laughs> cute. Um, I watched. I guess it's hashtag Black AF. Um, mm-hmm. you know what the kids say. Of course, oh, they're all saying that. <laughs> Not um, pound sign Black AF. <laughs> someone the other day said pound sign, and it just kind of like warmed my heart a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yes, an oldie like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, ow. Um, I burned my fingy fingies making brownies today, and it's really, <laughs> no, it hurts. <laughs> Ouch. Um. So, um. Oh, apparently there is controversy about Black AF. Oh, there is. There's a lot of internet controversy happening. I was like, "What is this representative of? This is represent me." Um. Interesting. Yeah. I have not read. I rarely read reviews of um stuff. I pretty much just have you review it for me. <laughs> um, interesting. The net is buzzing, as they say. No one says that. I say that, and I'm saying it now. The net's buzzing. Oh, Point, I by me. <laughs> I will start saying that, and I will uh, pay you royalties. Every <laughs> I'll just like put a dollar in a jar for you. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it, um, knowing nothing really about it. Um, it's oops, it's about Kenya Barris. Um, it's kind of it's kind of tricky because it's him, but it, he's playing like a version of himself mm-hmm. um, with a family. Rashida Jones uh, plays his wife, and they have six children, which is too, too many. many children. <laughs> too many children. Period for any situation. Um, I I don't understand how women do that. Um, and so he plays this version of himself where he is a successful uh, Hollywood writer because that's what he is. Yeah. Um, and his, uh, it's under the premise of his daughter's trying to get into film school at NYU. So she is kind of making this documentary as part of um, her like admission packet, I guess you'd call it. Um, I haven't been to college in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that shit works anymore. Um, you need to walk in, sit down, you're in college. <laughs> as soon as they changed the like scores for the SATs, I was like, what? What is this? And then they I, changed them back. Yeah, I I did not understand what was happening. I gave up. Um, I just went into it as someone who enjoys comedy, and I find mm-hmm. it funny. Um, so I think it does have very thoughtful and interesting points to be made. Um, about how black people are viewed in society, both by themselves and by others. Um, I think there's just a lot of funny lines in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Rashida Jones is kind of the standout. She's fucking hilarious. Um, And I was really happy to see her in a comedy again. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. What's the the buzz, Jason? Um, (laughs) I haven't read anything. I'll give you my views, and then I'll tell you the buzz. So yes. my views, personally, are like, at first I was a little bit more vitriolic towards it, like, oh my god, this is so bad. Like, no, I just think, like, it's a little boring for me. That's okay. all. Fair. Like, I just don't think, um, 
like Kenya Barris is that interesting to me as an actor. Um, mm. I just like, oh, like everyone else around you is like really like going on all cylinders, but for some reason you're not clicking for me. I guess maybe because it's the first time I've seen him in anything. He's just yeah. a writer, producer. Totally. I don't think I've ever seen him act before. Um, but Rashida Jones is fantastic. I think she's like she's the best great. part of that show. Um, yeah, it's nice to see her be to be able to like to kind of cut loose and like not be like the straight person in everything. Yes, agree. She's the one causing the chaos as opposed to like uh, you know having to react to it. I feel like um, her her um, comedic abilities were a little bit wasted in the office. She was yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of a straight laced Karen, and oh, she's so much funnier than that. Yeah, I think that she has like way more depth than just being like. The the doting bystander like man my coworkers are crazy it's like mm. no you're crazy too <laughs> <laughs> um but the the internet controversy is that there's a little a little bit of two things happening one confusion people are not understanding so what is this is it a documentary is it a mockumentary like it's a mockumentary it's very simple to see that yeah. like the the setup and display of it is very similar to the office like hey here are people acting in a scene, and then here's like a mm. confessional. I hear people like reacting to that. Like it's very standard at this and point. And it's even directed by a bunch of episodes were directed by Ken Quapis, who did a bunch of who directed a bunch of episodes of The Office. Oh, there you go. Like yeah. that makes perfect sense to have someone like that come in and do something like this. Mm. Um, and the other controversy behind it is like, well, how is this even relatable to like the black experience? And mm. I guess my answer to that is that it's it's not really like it's his experience, which isn't yeah. necessarily identical to everyone who's black <laughs> like he's he's a black rich writer he's gonna write about being a black rich writer <laughs> when it comes to writing what you know <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah he's writing he's what just he gonna do that like yeah. um and yeah i feel like my disagreement with the show just like oh this is like a little boring i don't know <laughs> like i think i just prefer to sit down like and watch blackish than this but i only okay. watched one episode i would have to watch more to see if i actually care more about the show or not i think um his character is the least, um, maybe the least interested in being on camera and everything too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's difficult if the character is kind of like, yeah, whatever to cameras being in the house, then it's maybe difficult for the for an audience member to be like, then if you don't. If you don't want these camera here, cameras here, and you don't think you're interested, in, um, interesting enough to be watched, then why am I here? Um, mm. But I don't think he's completely opposed to it either. Um, also, <laughs> the kids are really funny. Um, they got really good uh, child actors in there, um, and the little ones are so cute. Um, as someone whose body desperately wants a baby, uh, <laughs> my womb is pretty into that. Um, <laughs> Because they're really cute. Um, but uh, the three daughters are pretty funny. And it also, um, and one of the sons is hilarious. He has one son who's like very sensitive um, and he's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just went in there wanting a good comedy because I'm very picky about my comedies. Um, and it's not, I have trouble with stuff like Kirby Enthusiasm where it's very, very cringy and this isn't quite as cringy as that. So it's right in my wheelhouse. Um, I'm enjoying it. And yeah, this feels like his version of Kirby Enthusiasm. He's Larry David, you know, as Larry David acting out in this crazy weird world. And he Mm -hmm. is Kenny Barris as Kenny Barris acting out in this crazy weird world. 100%. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
what else have I got into? Oh, um, I talked about it last time. I'm going to talk about it again. I watched Code 8 on Netflix and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, just very quickly, Code 8, it's a movie uh, about uh, superheroes. Hey, so you take your time with Code 8. <laughs> Don't rush through it. So, Code 8, right? Um, so, <laughs> came out last year in small theatrical releases. Officially released fully this oh, year on Netflix. Okay. Um, fully crowdfunded film. Uh, done on uh, GoFundMe. Um, it's oh, sorry, rather Kickstarter. Excuse me. Done on Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, Amell, get it right, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Amell and his cousin Robbie Amell, both who are from the uh, you know the WB or CW <sighs> DC superhero shows. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they made this movie about you know people with powers, super abilities, uh, kind of in how they're treated in society. It's very fun to look at. It's not like your traditional superhero big flashy thing. Um, it is very much more subdued. Uh, it's very much more uh, personal as far as the hmm. story they're trying to tell. Okay. Um, yeah, like, and the abilities range from, you know, there's nothing extravagant. No one's, like, time traveling in this. It's like, oh, hmm. like, I can shoot electricity from my fingers, or, like, you know, I'm very strong, or I can, I have telekinesis, I can move things with my mind, like, okay. The, the yeah. classics, if you the will. The classics, and, like, the whole premise of the film is that, like, you know, powered people in society are now second-class citizens, they have trouble getting jobs, finding homes, um, and they are consistently uh, persecuted by the police, um, and, yeah, these are a couple of people trying to steal some things and make some money in a very, in a climate that is not suited for them. Um, couple of follow-up questions mm -hmm. one who was like who started the kickstarter for it was it the actors the director the writer uh the actors director and writer were all like this conglomerate that came together oh, and said, like okay. hey we want to do this thing this is like a great short that mm -hmm. you want to make into a full feature film so they made the oh, short first and okay. then like you know they sought funding for the rest of it gotcha yeah um and if you could have a superpower, but not like the typical classics, mm -hmm. what would yours be? An example being, mine would be, I could eat anything in any amount and not gain weight. <laughs> like a non-typical superpower like that? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I thought a weird one would be like, what if everyone knew you? But now you're not a famous person. Oh, but like, interesting. you're walking down the street, everyone that you meet is like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Like, they have some degree of familiarity with you, but not like in a celebrity sense. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah I know Just this person. At, at the very least, they'd be an acquaintance. Yes. Oh, that's interesting, Jason. Like, I think that could lead to very interesting roads and developments hmm. and just, yeah. Like, in every situation, you know everyone and you're never uncomfortable. Jason... I like this very much. Would there be some people who weren't who knew you but weren't a fan of you? Yes, and that's the thing. Like someone knows you, but you don't know what their reaction is to you in that sense. It's like, oh, I know this dude, and I don't fucking like him. I'm or I know this guy, and like, oh yeah, he's all right. I'm gonna add a footnote to that because you, you, Jason Simmons, it's impossible for someone to not like you. You're a delight. All right, <laughs> Jason, no. <laughs> no. Your delight, and all those people would like you. <laughs> um, that w I wonder if that would get complicated with like dating stuff. I'm sure it would. Because if <laughs> all the ladies would. know you, like it would lead to very interesting life. I just saw this as an yeah. interesting premise for an ability or or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I was like, oh, Jason, copyright this idea. Write this down. <laughs> no one Everyone stop listening right now. Everyone stop listening. Turn, turn your ears off, all right? Luckily, there's my- only four of you. <laughs> so please don't steal this idea. There's one guy in Montreal. You know who you are, Jacques. All right? Stop listening. Oh, Jacques, ça va? <laughs> I want to you. Um, I like that one, Jason. That's great. Thank you. I'm going to um, really mull over that for a while. <laughs> I think I'd just walk down the street and people would punch me in the face because they'd be like, oh, <laughs> that lady, she gave me the stink eye the other day. <laughs> because I did. <laughs> um, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched uh, a little guy. Um, I watched War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Not the, any of the movies, but um, the show on epics mm-hmm. that I have had time to look up, but I didn't. Um, I don't know if it was like mm, produced by Epic. I think it was. I think it is like an Epic's original. I think it is too. Um, I only have two notes, which is surprisingly good, and it starts off in France. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly helpful notes. <laughs> France. Well, that's where places are in the movie. Okay. Right? It kind of is, though. Um, so it follows um, a typical thing where it follows like five different parties of people all experiencing the same thing, which is um, all of a sudden, um, you know, basically like alien ship type things enter the Earth's atmosphere. Um, and uh, one lady is like a scientist who is the first to kind of spot them. Um, and then you watch as all these different parties and kind of the whole world reacts to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's especially given the time that we're in now. Um, and you're watching how all these different countries in the world responds, respond to crisis. It's very interesting. Um, and I think this one is very realistic um, in terms of how governments are responding. There's nothing like super crazy um, in how people are responding of like, yes, they're all trying to get out of there, but no one's like punching each other in the face really it's just everyone's kind of seeking shelter and doing what they can okay um so no world war z scenarios no world war z scenarios people aren't getting assaulted in growth like women aren't getting ass- mm-hmm. assaulted in grocery stores in hour three mm-hmm. of the situation um so there's a woman who's a scientist there is um and she has a sister who she's not as close with. And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a guy uh, and his, like, ex-wife. Uh, there's some, oh, my God, my voice. <clears throat> there's some younger people. Um, it's just a, a handful of different parties, like a family going through it. Um, and a refugee um, who is in a camp who's trying to get out. Um and it's different from the it's basically a very loosely based on the book in terms of an alien invasion and stuff i haven't gone all the way through it i'm only a couple episodes in um and then um a lot of people die (laughs) um they've gone a slightly different way with how um people are dying and stuff but it's really interesting um and seems very realistic um and i love an apocalypse type tale throw in some aliens great I love Independence Day. Um, Thrones France, and you got some where and I'm just like, love it. <laughs> um, 
a couple of handsome soldiers. I'm fully in. I okay. am in this show. Um, I'm really excited to finish it. And the budget seems pretty good. It, uh, it looks good. Um, I am always kind of ready for that kind of sci-fi channel kind of look, um, which is kind of like a real budget look. But oh, yeah. We're familiar with that look. <laughs> kind you know of trying to be like. nice. <laughs> yeah. um, but this one actually looks good. They okay. haven't gotten into any parts with a lot of CGI yet. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but so far I'm really pleasantly surprised. Um, and it's kind of nice that it's not New York city or any like, you know, huge places. It's a little, feels a little bit more local, even if it's mostly kind of cities. Um, I like that though. Yeah. Like, um, I always remember in, uh, the faculty, um, where the faculty, that's not what I expected you to say. <laughs> it's a body snatcher of war of the world's situation. Yeah. 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 But- uh, yeah, there's one that mine that was said. I was like, well, if you were going to invade the Earth and like you know you didn't have an overwhelming force to do it, hmm. would you just go in through the back door, like since it's like some small town American, like go small and then get bigger. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it kind of. I think they hit the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like you're seeing you know day after tomorrow the Statue of Liberty's head floating around in the ocean. Or I don't think we have the budget for that. <laughs> That's that I get I get it. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm really excited to finish it. I think that's probably how I'm gonna spend this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I would recommend it so far. Alright, I saw like a bit of an episode, I was like, ooh, I feel like I'm in the middle of something. Let me back out and try <laughs> to see this from the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um Yeah. Um something else I watched. Oh, uh, I watched something that I really enjoyed. I didn't think I was going to like it at all. I watched Stuber. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't think I'd care for it. I wound up really liking it. Um, like I said to myself, halfway through, I was like, I can't wait to see Stuber too. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, uh, starring David Batista and uh, Camille Nanjiani, um, as well as uh, Mary Servino. And uh, Betty Gilpin Ooh, as well. I have not heard the name Mira Sorvino in a very long time. She looks good. She looks good. Um, yes. She looks very much like, oh, you're a mom now, aren't you, Mira? Like, but you still see that, like, you know, Romy Michelle in her in there. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's she has a very good role in it. Um, I, everyone's, like, firing on all cylinders. It's it's nice to see uh, Dave Bautista, like, you know, in a lead role. Um, I don't think I've seen him in, like, a very leady kind of thing before. Yeah. Um, it is interesting because, like, hey, these are two like Asian American men uh, in the lead oh, for yeah. this film. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, it is uh, very funny. The basic premise being that uh, Dave Batista plays a cop. Uh, his partner was murdered uh, in a drug bust. Um, he is going to get corrective laser eye surgery because uh, <laughs> his glasses kind of got in the way Sorry. of, like, you know, his ability to do his job. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets a hot tip on the same day he gets his eye surgery, and he needs someone to drive him around. So he calls an Uber, gotcha. uh, driven by Phil Nagiani. Nice. I yeah. like that. Um, it's a very silly premise that becomes yeah. a very fun movie. Uh, his partner, uh, his original partner, played by uh, Karen Gillan, uh, his Guardians of the Galaxy nice. associate. So I, I like that she was able to jump in. And oh, my God. Out. Yeah, they're pals. Yeah. So I uh-huh. like that. That was really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um. 
so yeah, it's it's really fun. It is surprisingly funny. It is consistently funny. Um, and I think, like I said before, it is one of the best uh, like verbal explanations of someone who is in love with someone that doesn't love them. <laughs> like Camilla Nanjiani gives this great monologue, and it's just like, wow, that was very succinctly said and very well put. All right, I might have to check it out. Yeah, I've been kind of. It's one of those things that I was. I've been waiting just to like watch on a plane or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, maybe. I'll oh, check it it's out. absolutely a plane movie, but right? like, also it it's like, like it. totally enjoyable. At all. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, what else have you have you been watching? Um. I feel like stupid. I. It's one of those movies and TV sh- like it happens with TV shows too, where the name kind of doesn't do the movie justice and no, it kind of screws it, it over from the get-go like with that show selfie um yeah. with Karen Gillan that i heard was actually very good jane the virgin i think kind of the same thing i'm just like you guys need better names you're, <laughs> you're screwing yourselves over from the get-go with kind of silly names <sighs> that's a real like dad joke name or like a crazy girlfriend or something like that yeah like- Guys. It really is because his name is Stu. He drives an Uber. Yeah, like, and they call it Stuber. A bunch of dads high fived at a conference table when they came up with that one, <laughs> and they did not run it by <laughs> any of their children to be like, "Hey, honey, is this dumb? Hey, Michaela, no. what do you think about this name?" And she would have been like, "Ew, Dad, that's so lame," and you know they would have picked something. <laughs> that is absolutely a guy that names a movie Stuber would absolutely name his daughter Michaela. One thousand uh, <laughs> percent, Jason. One thousand percent. Apologies to all the Michaela listening. We know you're not, so it's fine. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, um, I think. I mean, so I'll just I'll just put them all. Well, I'll put two of them together. <laughs> I watched. <laughs> I watched San Andreas and um, the Great Wall back to back. It's a lot, a lot of destruction happening. It's a lot of greatness. I believe is what you're trying to say. <laughs> Have I seen both of these dumb movies multiple times, particularly San Andreas? I've seen San Andreas at least four or five times. <laughs> like it's always on. Like one time, I think I actually like when it finally was rentable. I was the only person aside from like The Rock's mother counting down to when I could. <laughs> movie i was so excited and i rented it and it was everything i wanted it to be and now it's on tv constantly and i watch it every single time because it's so great i think there's gonna be a generation of kids who are gonna grow up that are just like i fucking love this movie because it's on tv all the time yeah all of our children (laughs) oh are their names jacqueline smith because yes (laughs) As a 33-year-old woman, I fucking love this movie. I love disaster movies. I love The Rock. It's an earthquake. You got all sorts of modes of transportation. You got Mm -hmm. air. You got car. You got water. There's a giant tidal wave. I love a tidal wave, Jason. It's a tsunami. Oh, it has everything I love. Uh, I couldn't be happier. (laughs) It's a great movie. And I watched, made a friend watch it. Um, and then we watched The Great Wall. Uh, I felt like I was holding her hostage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, her no, no. Eyes it's really peeled great. back. <laughs> um, the Great Wall, is, does it have Pedro Pascal? And if he wasn't in there, would I watch it? Probably not. But 
There are also a lot of great things in there, Jason. Uh, like alien monsters. Matt Damon's um, extensions. Oh, I hate long hair on dudes for the most part, so I'm really against it. Um, it has <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe in like monk robes. It's got uh, giant scissor things that come out of a wall. It's got solid costumes because they're all really brightly colored, which is fun. And again, mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal. So I'm loving it. It's it, <laughs> just Matt Damon acting as a white savior. 100%. But it's fine, whatever. Yeah, I can't turn back the hands of time, so I'm going with it. It's If you want a dumb action movie that you can laugh really loud at, The Great Wall is where it's at. This feels like a movie that they wanted to make work in two markets so oh, bad. Oh, right? It needs boy. to work in America, it needs to work in China. We need a big American actor to like you know make it fly in both places. Like... Let's get Matt Damon. I'm surprised Matt Damon agreed to this. Quite honestly. I don't know why he did. I feel, I feel like someone wrong. blackmailed him or something because, oh boy. I feel like he had to pay off that zoo that he bought and we bought a zoo. So, <laughs> you know, whatever comes his way. Pay off Scarlett Johansson for making her appear in that movie, too. He's <laughs> like, you owe me, Damon. <laughs> I'm the black geez. goddamn widow. <laughs> I got the black widow on my case. I got to pay her off. I'll do whatever you need me to. <laughs> She's going to kill me by squeezing me to death with her thighs. I got to do this. You think Mars can save you? Can get away from me on Mars? Oh, God. <laughs> um, so it's terrible, but like laugh out loud, stupid and funny. Okay. Uh, not on purpose. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it weirdly. Okay. Even though it was uh, racist against my own people, kind of. <laughs> Whatever, I'm not Chinese. <laughs> I'm Korean and Japanese. It's fine. <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's see. The only other thing uh, that I saw was... Oh, I saw two other things. Uh, really quick, I'll go over it. Um, one show is currently on Hulu. Hmm. Uh, premiered as part of uh, FX's... Uh, Cake series of uh, of shows. Um, it's called O Jerome No. It's really funny and cute. I mean, the episodes come in like uh, twelve minute blocks. Uh, it's just basically about the most. It's a very sensitive man living in Brooklyn and him Aww. trying to navigate his day to day life. And okay. basically, what just he just wants to like not feel his emotions as much Same. and get through his day. Yep, same. Um, scenarios including like him, like you know, going to classes and like how to be less emotional and like dating oh. Natasha Leone, oh. <laughs> and uh, him like you know trying to present the best image of himself like on a dating site and like you know barring his neighbor seeing eye dog and how that goes awry. Oh no! <laughs> um, uh, and like yeah, it's it's. It's a little weird, but like just weird enough. It's like, wait, do they keep changing the actor for his roommate? Yes, they do. Every episode, he has a different uh, roommate, but they're That's playing the same character. Oh, so okay. Very interesting to see. Um, um, yeah. Is this is part of what kind of series? Cake. It's an not an anthology series, but um, it's uh, like a a thirty minute show, but it's like, hey, we have like animation and like you know, uh, small sketches and like you know, uh, okay, pre recorded things like this O Jerome series. Um, but yeah, it's called Ojerome No. We could watch it separately from Cake on Hulu. So if you just okay. look for Ojerome No, it should mm-hmm. pop up for you. 
Are the episodes 30 minutes? No, each episode's like 12 minutes long, oh, and there are, okay. I believe, uh, eight episodes. You can you can take care of it like an hour and a half. I think so, that's all you need. like cake, they're very digestible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very sweet and very digestible. I did it. <laughs> you can't see this at home, but you are pumping your fist. <laughs> it is fantastic. What if I just pretended a freeze frame? <laughs> and I just get stuck. Please don't do that. Um, my computer's terrible, and I would just think it's my fault again. <laughs> I can't take that right now. Um, um. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. I also quickly, I watched Ocean's Eleven for like the 800th time for no reason. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Again, that's a movie that I've seen at this point probably like six to eight times for I've no reason. In my life, it's it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's always on. I do, I feel like TNT just switches between Lord of the Rings, o, the Ocean series, and freaking uh, San Andreas. You're not <laughs> wrong. Show, <laughs> and <laughs> I am there the for them every single time. I am keeping TNT single handedly alive <laughs> as a network. TNT, we know Jacqueline, and <laughs> we're going to keep showing her. Everything we can. <laughs> guys, guys, I heard she's really into the Great Wall. <laughs> Get Toss that up there. <laughs> oh my god, the Great Wall's on great. <laughs> Ooh, another day we live. <laughs> <laughs> um I I don't know. I again it's just handsome men walking around confidently in nice suits that are well tailored. So I think I'm just kind of into it. What I appreciated about that movie is just that it's a heist film, but like there's no explosions, there's no guns being drawn, no one's being punched. Yeah. Like it's just it's all it's just, just smart. smooth talking and smarts. I love it. Um and I feel that's been carried out throughout the entire Ocean series, including, you know, uh the new oceans mm. with uh Sandra Bullock. Totally. Um which I'd love to see a sequel of that. Hopefully that gets, you know, a second installment. I feel like it won't. I feel like it did well in theaters, but I don't know. Yeah, it did well. Hmm. Um, it was number one for a few weeks. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. But right. that doesn't necessarily equal sequel. No. You know? Sadly, no. Um, yeah. The only other thing I saw, which is related to uh, that, I guess, hmm. is uh, Molly's Game. Um, uh, yeah. Currently on Netflix, uh, Aaron Sorkin written and directed his first, his directorial debut. Um hmm. And yeah, it's like any Aaron's working thing. Everyone talks really fast and is super smart. Um, Jessica Chastain looks great in it. Um, like, I am stunned. Uh, <laughs> um, like, um, her... With your superpower, she would know you, Jason. She would know me. Like, it's it's kind of really... Like, yeah, I would I like call her, like, Jess. You know? <laughs> Jason, <laughs> you know? with your superpower, you could introduce me to so many handsome men. I really could. I could introduce <gasps> anyone to anyone. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd have to make a list and just be like, get me in there, Jason. I'd have to, like, mull it over for, like, several days to be like, who's going to be my number one? And it would be difficult. I might have to have you like <laughs> align them all up, and just have my own personal like, uh, a speed dating situation, and then I could just go through from there. I'm sorry, I'm using your superpowers for my own selfish reasons, <laughs> but I need them. Okay, I'm not doing well by myself, so just help me. 
you would be the only one that knew. So yeah, this would this is how this would work. This is nice. how this superhero comic book so that show would work. Awesome. <laughs> I really appreciate it. That's a nice friend. <laughs> like, so what do you use your power for? Uh mainly getting my, my friend to hook up some hot dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mainly want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Molly's game. <laughs> um, my bad it's fun like it, it's 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 fine like it's um yeah based on a true story uh where a woman who uh made millions in car games uh in the united states across las vegas across uh, la across new york oh there um, are multiple locations multiple locations she would move with the game essentially she started out oh. in la but ultimately brought it to like new york oh. um but it's all of the, the story is basically about how you know she had to prove her innocence essentially to the FBI as far as like, you know, hey, or, and the IRS as far as like, hey, uh, this was illegal, I guess, because we did take some of the money from the pot mm-hmm. uh, and give that to ourselves, which apparently mm-hmm. that's what makes it illegal, quote unquote, but also because she was inadvertently creating a network of like organized criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Who were conversing and meeting and exchanging thoughts and ideas like through this game. But that's not. I mean, not her fault. But that's like, not really, Is it illegal though? It's she was creating a space for a safe space for these people. <laughs> essentially, we all need a safe really space. Okay? <laughs> but if they're not, oh, I was gonna say if they're not engaged in illegal activity, like. But illegal money's coming into it, okay. so I think like you're essentially acting as like a laundering service for this, even though you're not intending to. But like, okay. you're... what about Molly of Molly's game trying to? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I'll allow it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's based on a true story of like Molly Bloom, who is the most high achieving person you could ever think of. But then her brothers are even more high achieving than her. Like she's an Olympian, uh, law school graduate. Um, <laughs> like, but her brothers are also like Olympic law school graduates that started like Fortune five hundred tech companies and actually won gold at the Olympics while she was just Jesus. like a contender. Like it's insane. What a what a loser she is. <laughs> she describes herself like, "Well, I'm the loser of my family." Which is like better than any other family in America. So, what was her actual like profession at this time when she was doing this? When she was doing this, this was her profession. Like the game became like you know hers. Like she was the person running it, like doing the books. Like, but how what was she? Talent. Then what was she putting on like her tax like taxes like as like her profession? Um, I don't know. I guess she to consider herself to be self employed. Uh, maybe you put. Uh, concierge as like your <laughs> profession um yeah i'm not sure and like how do you how do you account for that i i'm a sub- obsessed with logistics i just don't understand how like how you account for that money in terms of like your actual income taxes you know I'm not sure. I'm not sure what she was saying, but it was legal. I mean, oh, so they didn't she... go into the boring documentation of this no, case? No, <laughs> they did not go heavy into that. <laughs> Just an hour and a half of her filling out forms? Like, Molly does her Molly's game of taxes. <laughs> <laughs> they did not go that in-depth. Um, but it was fine. Like, other than anything, I was like, oh my god, I need to like see this mm. movie. It's in trouble. You want to see like a really good look Jessica Chastain? Mm. Check this out. And uh, how's uh, my guy Idris Elba? He's great. There's so much sexual tension between him and Jessica Chastain. Uh, what, is, what is his role? He's her lawyer. He's the person uh, like trying okay. to like coach her through this. Um, oh, so is he aware of what she's doing? Oh yeah, like he is aware. Oh. And like, and, and 
as she describes it, and as he's like, you know, going through, is like, yeah, this isn't necessarily illegal. And yes, you did like, you know, have your money seized by the IRS. Hmm. And like, I don't know if this is a spoiler alert, I guess, for Molly's game at the end. It's like, oh, yeah, like, what you have done is not really that bad, all hmm. things considered. Consider, hmm. uh, you know, this being time served, uh, 200 hours of community service, um, and, you know, uh, you can't go to Canada. That's it. Like, that no! is... <laughs> the booty! The greatest punishment of all. Like, um, no, yeah, that's pretty much... I'll do 20 years to life, but please let me into Canada when I'm out. <laughs> I gotta get to Alberta! Um, is it just Alba's character? Was he a real person? Uh, yeah, Hillary was a real person. Like, <gasps> pretty much everyone that was featured was, a, you know, a real individual. Um, like What's Martha the fact Sarah. her lawyer is, like, pretty stoked of, like, who's playing me? Excuse me? <laughs> One of the most handsome men in the world? Okay, I'll allow it. And he's just, like, some nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some it's white dude from, like, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. But, yeah, it was fine. Um... I don't think I need to see it again, ever. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of saving that as like a plain movie if I ever saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, the assignments, sir? You ready? Uh, no, I don't think I had a chance to see it. Uh, did you assign me one for the last time you saw something? Oh, shit, I never did, Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I the worst person. <laughs> I believe find someone else to do this podcast <laughs> with. Um, I only have one thing to do. <laughs> watch stuff and give you something to watch. And I failed on one of them. <laughs> Shit. Okay, well, you assign me something because you're a responsible human being. <laughs> Damn it. Do I have one for you today? No. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> well, I watched Swiss Army Man. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, How did you feel about it? I went into it very, um, um, not skeptical, because I like everyone in it. It's Daniel Radcliffe, um, Paul Dano. I'm forgetting Mary. Wait, what's the what's the girl's the actor's name? She's not in it a ton, but uh, let me look that up. Oh, Not Mary Elizabeth Winston, but uh Yeah, her. Mary Elizabeth okay. Winston. Um, thank you. Um so basically Paul Dano's character is Hank and he's just kind of you don't know how he got there, but he's like marooned on an island in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific somehow. And then um he's about to kill himself and Daniel he sees Daniel Radcliffe's body wash up onto the ocean or onto the beach. Um, and so he discovers that Daniel Radcliffe's dead body, like, actually kind of has powers. It's Swiss Army Man, so his body can do all sorts of things. Like, he can, he basically rides him like a jet ski powered by farts (laughs) and farts him over, Paul Dano over, to a different land. And it's a lot of suspension of disbelief, which is fine. Um... And so Daniel Radcliffe slowly kind of comes back to life. Um, And it's a character kind of going on a journey, and Daniel Radcliffe is almost um, kind of 
uh, an embodiment of Paul Dano's kind of internal self, I guess, if you will. Um, and it's both of them kind of learning together what makes the other person special and interesting and unique and kind of worthy of life. Um, and I think Paul Dano's character kind of rediscovers how life is worth living by kind of imbuing life into Daniel Radcliffe's character. Um, and it's very sweet. Um, there was a line in there that fucking, ah, oh, it, it cracked something in my heart um, where they find like an old Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit edition magazine. And uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe's character, uh, Manny, is asking um, about kind of what they are and everything. And Paul Dano's character is basically says, like, we don't really have those magazines anymore. And he says, before the internet, every girl was a bit more special. And that was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck you forever. And it's, he's not seeing it in a mean way. And it, what he's saying kind of sadly does make sense in the way that at least women are mm -hmm. viewed by a lot of men in society in general. Um, it was brutally insightful and uh, it really, oh, Jason, that was a oh, cold, cold ice pick to the heart when I heard that line. Um, I kind of fell in and out of love with the movie throughout because um, it is very silly and it is a lot of like kind of some like gross humor or whatever, um, mm -hmm. but it's also very sweet and I think... Um, if it were diff two different actors, it might not work. But I think uh, because Paul Dano particularly brings um, a kind of an air of kind of sweetness and innocence to a lot of the roles that he does, um, especially in this role. Yeah, where he's pity kind of, for sure. Oh, you're right. It is pity, Jason. <laughs> um, so like he's so not threatening and kind of you can tell he's sweet and well-meaning. Um, that uh, it's a very nice kind of friendship that is created there. Um, you do worry for him quite a bit. It's oh, quite, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a little journey. Um, it's very weird. It's certainly not for everybody. Um, and it's a movie that when I first heard about it, I was interested just based on who was in it. Um, and I just hadn't had any reason to kind of check it out, basically. Um, right. I don't regret it, though. I enjoyed it. It was fine. Yeah, I think like it's it's it, what you said. I think very much is very much true of the movie that it is definitely not for everybody. It's certainly for like you know a specific audience, but like what is there is significant and it is good. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think the performances are like very strong. Like Dan Radcliffe's almost lack of one yes, in many for like a lot fantastic. of the movie. Fantastic. <laughs> like fantastic. his physical performance is really good. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, like, I think the story is one that where, like, you are very much, you feel sympathy for this character, yeah. and you do appreciate the bonds and the steps that he's making, and, like, you know, growing, and, mm -hmm. like, learning about himself, uh, and where he needs to be, and, like, his mm -hmm. realizations that he comes through, comes to throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I really like it, I think it's one of those things that people kind of forgot existed, or, or, you know, weren't particularly interested when it came out, and I think there's some value to it, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, and also, I really enjoyed um, 
because there's so much kind of garbage everywhere, just random things that people trash that people leave behind when they go camping or whatever. Um, they he Paul Dano's character creates all these different like kind of sets and like uh, costumes and stuff just from like the sticks and the garbage and things that he finds around. And like really, the bus and whatnot. Yeah, the bus and like the little house with like the window or the door or whatever. Like it's really creative and colorful and like really quite um, charming. Um, and kind you of you know uh, what it reminded me. Of? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It reminded me of, um, kind of reminded me of the movie Hook for whatever reason. Yeah, um, yeah. When like the like little Lost Boys are all playing and stuff, and they just kind of have what's around. I don't know. It's something very kind of innocent about it, and like little kids playing dress up basically. Um, I they got you could tell whoever was working on that movie like had to get really creative in terms of so what would people find lying around and how would they use that. Mm-hmm. Um, to create something and it was really creative and uh, interesting and fun to see kind of what they were able to cook up for Paul Dano. You saying remind me of Hook like it reminds like it, to me like it reminds me a lot of uh, where the wild things are uh, oh, like I for adults. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, very very similar like hey my life is trouble outside of here and in this place like I can find, find, an, find an escape and sort of deal with my problems to mm. some degree. Totally. Um, but yeah like I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, the other thing that I have for you, I guess, for next time uh, mm. to watch, um, we talked about it a little bit before, but uh, it's on Netflix, uh, very accessible. Uh, the Little Hours, um, starring uh, Alison Brie, as I confused her name before with uh, Brie Larson, uh, Dave Franco, uh, Kate McCucci, uh, Aubrey Plaza, John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, Fred Armisen. It's got a great cast. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a hardcore cast. Adam Pally's in there. Uh, Fred, Fred Armisen's in there. Uh, Nick Offerman's in there. So comedy. All comedy is in there. Yes. All very funny people. Nice. Um, yes, it's it's what happens at a convent in the 1200s. B- oh, yeah. Uh, I remember <laughs> talking about AD. that before. Yeah. Alright. Um, yeah, it's fun. I think you might like it. Cool, cool, cool. I could be wrong. You hate it forever. <laughs> 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 Who knows? Find out next time. <laughs> the next episode, I just don't show up. You're just talking to yourself because I was like, fuck that movie. I want to read what she wrote me. Fuck you, Jason. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Friendship over. <laughs> um, what am I going to have you watch? Shit, Jason. Um... Um, maybe I might just have you watch this War of the Worlds thing on Epics. I really, I don't have anyone to talk to about it because nobody else watches the garbage that I watch. (laughs) (laughs) It's not garbage. It's not garbage. Or recyclable, maybe, but not garbage. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a solid soda can. You can get five cents back for it. It's pretty (laughs) Um, yeah, I will recommend, uh, War of the Worlds on Epics, uh, the little show. Um, cause so far so good. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, down in my phone, which is why my camera's acting so weird right now. That's right. You froze for a little while too. And I was just like, that's fine. <laughs> as you're, long as you were in like a happy position. So I was like, Oh, cool. Jason's <laughs> really loving what I'm saying. He's smiling the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last thing you saw of me. Cause I died right after. <laughs> 
<sighs> All right. Well, we've got our things. You got our stuff. I'm watching more of the worlds. You're watching nuns in a convent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very different settings, but I'm sure there'll be equal amounts of chaos. <laughs> yes. Um, but yay! Hey, this worked. This worked out. Uh, um, despite many technical difficulties before. Um, and yeah, so thank you, listener, for listening. Um, we really hope you enjoyed it. We hope you're staying safe in this quarantine. We hope that you are, you know, watching new and exciting things or watching old and fun things that bring you comfort. Whatever you need to do to watch, to see, to be in this time, do that, be that, see that. Um, Again, so smooth. You're killing it, man. (laughs) You are killing it. Thank you. (laughs) Am I ruining it by commentating on it in the moment? (laughs) Whatever, Jason. It's worth it because you're doing great. Thank you very much. And thank you to the listener for tuning Um, in. And check out the Instagram (laughs) because because we're in quarantine. um, I was able to kind of, I think I caught up on pretty much everything. I try to post at least a couple things per episode. Um, I'm not going to lie. Is it mostly pictures of handsome men? Because I'm the one posting stuff. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) If it's not a picture of a handsome man, it's probably Jason (laughs) posting. Maybe it's a picture of a a handsome woman. Perhaps Dame Judi Dench. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. All right. There are many handsome ladies out there. I did did post, let's see, a picture of Angela Bassett. Mm -hmm. Um, I posted a picture of the woman, the blonde lady from the most recent Terminator movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's some ladies in there, but mostly it's it's handsome, handsome men. Between this and our kind of sister podcast, (laughs) Bone Zone, where it's really just a great excuse to post pictures of men. I haven't even bothered posting pictures from the show Bones, Jason. I've just gone with men <laughs> and i'm fine with it nobody from your tangential conversations of the dudes of Papa. do we talk about bones for like a solid hour or like 45 minutes yes then do we spend the rest of the time talking about handsome men and other weird tangential life things yes, yes. do i only post stuff about handsome men on instagram yes <laughs> with a couple of ladies it's great. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm on top of it these days because I got nothing else to do. So check out our Instagram. That I think it's ONR Podcast. Yes, it is ONR Podcast. Yeah, so check Instagram. it out. In a couple of days, I should have some stuff up there. It's probably mostly just going to be pictures of Pedro Pascal and Marcos. So <laughs> get excited. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Bye.